the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO, and the iHeartRadio app. Now the first full hour of the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off is in full swing. Good to have you along on a Saturday afternoon celebrating an Iowa victory, 42-16 over the Hoosiers of Indiana. Have we ever determined what a Hoosier is? Yeah, it's a person from Indiana. Okay. I didn't know if it was... Somebody asked me this last night. said, what, what exactly is a Hoosier? And I said, it's a tire. It, that, that's a good. That's yeah. That's that's true. If you're you know visit the Iowa Speedway on a regular basis, but I I didn't have an answer of exactly. Wait, I, wait I, I said it's a movie. Wait a minute here. What? When you Google it, yeah, it says a Hoosier is a native or inhabitant of Indiana. Aren't those just Indianans? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, that would be like saying that's always a confusing. We're, we're, we're thing. Iowans, right? Well, yeah. And then are you a Des Moines... I think you're a Des Moines resident. Des Moinesian. You're not a Des Moinesian. Here's the real tough one. Des Moinesite? What if you're from a place like Yarmouth, Iowa? Yarmouth. Are you a Yarmithian? Or a Yarmothian? Let's find out from Teresa, who's been on hold for a long time. Teresa, I had no idea where Yarmouth was. so I'd have, I, And I think I know my Iowa geography pretty, pretty well. So are you a Yarmithian? I've never been called that, no, but I kind of like uh, the sound of it. There you go. <laughs> What's going on, Teresa? Uh, not too much. I'm just headed back from Iowa City, back home, and um, just I had two antidotes just watching the game. Um, just wanted to hear your thoughts on them. The first was um, on offense. It seems like um, we were, we kind of have this fascination with trying to use the jet sweep, and last week that's how Noah Fant went into concussion protocol. It looked like Max Cooper kind of got rocked on that. I didn't know why they kind of continued to use this play that seems like it failed repeatedly. For, um, for, for years, one, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like beating a dead horse. But, um, I I mean, I think it's great what Brian Ferentz has done to bring life in the offense. I guess it's just, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't know why, but they continue to use that play. But I just... That was just my antidote. And then on defense, um, the only thing that I wanted to say was, like, thank goodness for players like Geno Stone, you know, someone that's not really recruited um, highly out of high school but has many interceptions with Desmond King coming out of high school. And just, I just, I love those those types of Iowa players that weren't heavily recruited and just how they really show up in key moments. So uh, that's all I wanted to say and just wanted to hear your thoughts on those things. Teresa, those are both really good points. On the offense, to the jet sweep conversation, I would also add that wide receiver bubble screen. <laughs> you know, we, we kind of yeah. swing it outside. We've got the, the three receivers out there. One guy steps back a yard behind. It just doesn't seem like that's been a play that has been dynamic for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and we've had it in the playbook for a long time. You know why that is, I think? Speed. A great point. And jet sweep would fall into that same thing, Exactly. Right? And I, the only thing I would say to defend it, Teresa, about the jet sweep is I do like it that they have used it as a way to get the ball into the hands of some of those guys. Like Amir Smith-Marset. Last year, I remember a couple times them handing the ball off to him. He was a true freshman. They may not have trusted him completely out on routes and, and, and with Nate Stanley's quick, uh, you know, the way he kind of fires football. So I like that they used that jet sweep as a way to put the ball into the hands of of a guy like Amir Smith-Marset. 
You you lay it out pretty clearly, though. Cooper got bing, dinged up today. Noah Fant, when they tried to do that with the, the tight end sweep, he got hurt on that, ended up in concussion protocol. I'd like to see him maybe get away from that and that uh, that bubble screen or wide receiver swing, whatever. Defensively, when you talk about Geno Stone, Teresa, go ahead, go ahead, Travis. I was, was, was going to play this for Teresa. Go ahead. Ramsey quickly has the lines down. Scott's in the backfield. They fake it to him, throw it to the end zone. In- intercepted. Picked off. Intercepted in the end zone by Geno Stone. That's just for you, Teresa. <laughs> Thank you. I think, Teresa, what you just described with Geno Stone is one of the things that we all, as Iowa football fans, love about Coach Ferentz and the um, identity of this Iowa football team under him. Is that is that fair, Travis? Yeah. We love it when that they are very good talent evaluators. They're able to find guys that they think are going to be able to play within their system. You get guys like Geno Stone in almost every class, it seems like. All right, Teresa, I'm curious. How many people live in Yarmouth? Like 65. Is there a bar in Yarmouth? Oh, yeah. It's Iowa. <laughs> All right. When you Is get... it called like Yarmouth University or something like that? No, it's the filling station. Okay. That's all right. Well, because really the town was, it's not, it's unincorporated. Okay. Right? So no post But office. it was really built because it's along the BNSF Railway, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. You're our favorite Yarmithian. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Dr- drive safely. As far as we're concerned, mayor of Yarmouth. Yeah, that's right. right. There. You you should run for mayor of Yarmouth. Can you run for mayor if you're unincorporated? If there's not a mayor, can't you just assume the seat? Yeah, maybe. Or are you king of of Yarmouth? I think that might be a bit Yarmouthia. Of a stretch. I think I, you might. We might go a bit strong with king <laughs> or queen. Well, maybe like prince. Yeah. You know, don't don't wear the crown, but just. Be right below the crowd. I, I can see that. Teresa's running Yarmouth now. The the the, the princess of Yarmithia. Think of how easily you could go door to door, though. I know, man. You know how many Hoover's or Kirby vacuums you could sell? Yeah, twelve. <laughs> one, one to every house in Yarmouth. <laughs> Steve in Saint Paul, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. What's going on? You're not going to believe this, what? but I I grew grew up very close to Yarmouth. You did not. <laughs> Where is it then, Steve? It, it, what county is it in? It's in uh, Des Moines County. He's right. He's right. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, I, tr- I travel through Yarmouth every time I go home to see my family. Home is Burlington? My Well, my, ho- my home is, but, well, I grew up on a farm between Burlington and Minneapolis. Really? You've got, uh, you guys have heard of Minneapolis. Oh, Yo, of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I'm still bitter. Minneapolis beat Tri-Center Neola, I believe, in the 1987 Girls' State Basketball Tournament. Still six on six. We, yeah. were, we were supposed to win the state championship that year. We, we draw Minneapolis in the first round. That's when it was still all class. That's when it was really cool. A, that's back when it was cool because it was six on six, and you still didn't have classes yet. So you had the big schools play the small schools. You know, Car- oh, it, well, Minneapolis... Went to the state tournament every year. I was, know. And, you know, Wait, when no, it made is, headline news on the Des Moines Register, is, Minneapolis got upset before the state tournament. Minneapolis isn't where Fonda Dix was from. No, right? no, no, no. She was from that area, though. No, right? I thought she was from, wasn't she from Newell Fonda? Who? Fonda Dix. No, the, she wasn't from Minneapolis. Deb Coates, uh, that, that's a big name for, like, for, the, for a girls basketball player would be Debbie Coates. Okay. We know our girls six on six basketball around here, though. What's your? Oh what? my God! Yeah, I mean, well, Minneapolis, of course, is 
you know, a big name for a town of 1,200 people. Yeah, I'd agree with you. All right, what's, you know, your, the, fo- what's your football question, though, Steve? Well, I didn't mean quick, to derail you. Real quick, <laughs> we got off topic because of Yarmouth. But anyway, uh, I hope you guys have the two games up right now. Georgia is down 16 to nothing, and Pitt is beating Notre Dame in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we've been watching that Pitt-Notre Dame game almost unfortunately here because our producer, Sean Roberts, uh, thinks he's a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, I mean, his emotions ride the wave of Notre Dame. I mean, when they fell down 7 nothing, he was throwing stuff in the studio saying the season is over, they can't go 12-0. and I'm not watching the Georgia game. I'm actually watching the Washington-Oregon game. Uh, okay. We've got two games on right now because, you know, in the in the hugest studio that I've, that I've ever worked in, uh, for some reason we only have room for one television. <laughs> Oh no! You got to have the Georgia game on because Georgia's number two in the country, and they're they're at LSU. So okay, I'll, I've got my I got the YouTube TV going on my computer, so I'll switch to the Georgia game as soon as as soon as we go to our next break. Okay, I got two points I want to definitely talk about real quick. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, the first point is one. It's an observation that this is the second year for Brian Ferentz, Brandon Smith, Easley, Smith Marset. And what I am seeing, and I'm curious what you guys are seeing, but it just looks like everybody that I named, that they're looking really comfortable in the offense. And Brian is getting the ball to his playmakers, and it looks like everybody knows what the heck they're doing, and everybody looks comfortable. So that's that's my point on what I'm seeing on the offense. Then my second point is, is what are we doing – And I kind of forget, but I remember one play in particular. But what are we doing on kickoffs? Uh, why are we not utilizing the fair catch when it makes sense? But hold, but hold on, Steve. Iowa leads the Big Ten in kickoff returns. I mean, kickoffs have not been a disaster, and they had 100-plus yards on kickoffs to, kickoff returns in, today. Including two really good ones. Yeah, so don't, don't jump to conclusions on that. No, but wasn't there wasn't – there, I know there's one at least one play where – they let it uh, roll into the end zone. They picked it up, and then they started running. Okay, but but there, that, was, there was a penalty. Remember, they, they, Indiana went off sides on that, and they got the kickoff back, and they got a better return after and that. And go watch it again, Steve. Grisande just misjudged that. that was, and Ed was talking about it on the air, that in that end zone, those guys were staring into the sun. Grisande tried to catch that ball at the one-yard line. It, I, it okay. looked to me like it hit off of him, so he had to go into the end zone uh, to pick it up. So that Okay. Yeah, that well, seemed, that's, my, that's my only... The only time I cringe is on kickoffs. On, yeah, uh, don't on, anymore, Steve. I'm telling. I I I really am convinced. Grisande's going to break one. He's got that kind of. Uh, I don't know. No, I agree with outlaw, you. I agree with outlaw you, but... mentality back there. He really wants to get out and try to make a play back there, and I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think we're. I think. Uh, I think he's a good a good returner, but. I, we don't utilize that fair catch, and and maybe you're right. They maybe they lost in the sun or whatever. But uh, look yeah. what happened. Uh, and again, I'm concentrating on returns, either the kickoff or the punt return. Um, we botched a, you know, we we should have got the hell away from the ball on that one punt return versus Wisconsin. Yeah. And then I see it's yeah. not fair catching. Maybe when we should be. Uh, so that's my only complaint is on. On that, so. that's, yeah, Steve, that's interesting, man. We we all look at it differently. I've actually been really happy with the fact that they haven't utilized that fair catch thing and take the ball out to the twenty-five. For those that don't know, you fair catch the ball inside the fifteen. I think it's a twenty. Inside the twenty, you get the ball out at the twenty-five, yeah. 
and the Hawkeyes yeah. have not done that. We've seen it all over college football. Yeah. Almost every other team is, has gone to that strategy. I like the fact that the Hawkeyes want their – the guys that they're trusting to put in playmaker situations, they're letting them make that decision. I like it, Steve, but I can see your concern. Real quick about the wide receivers before we hit this, uh, this timeout. 21 passes were completed by Nate Stanley today. Only eight to wide receivers. I, I like the fact that the wide receivers are more involved in the game. The last couple of weeks, we've seen them really step up. We saw easily have the 10-catch game. Had a lot of targets last week against Minnesota. We're still talking about a passing game that is dominated by the tight ends and utilizes the, the, the running backs out of the backfield. We threw to two different fullbacks today. There you well, go, Steve. I think, you, I think he's, Brian Ferentz is getting the ball. Uh, to his playmakers. I completely agree with you on that. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Steve. Steve. Appreciate the call. 284-1040, 284-1040. John in New Jersey, stay there with you. We'll get to you. Pete in Moravia. And Sean writes, Moravia? Question mark. Yes, Moravia is an Iowa town. That's the town that Fonda Dix is from, I think. Yeah, that's probably why we're getting the call. Pete, stay on hold. And Jim in Des Moines. Fleetwood Mac. Is that tomorrow night or Monday night? Sunday night, I think. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll get you all your Fleetwood Mac information here. We on did this Sound last week. It's the morning. It's, <laughs> no, it's not. It's the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio 1040 WHO. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by the Iowa Lottery, Cookies Food Products, and American Trust. The power of love. Little Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis in the news. All right. Now, John, I, I don't want to make you wait on hold, but I, I don't think we can give you five minutes here. I know you're going to take longer than that. Yeah, John, you're one of our. We love chatting with yeah. you, man. Give us a few more minutes. We're going to get to you because we don't want to push you up yeah, against we, this break. Yeah, here. if we push you against the break, then it's going to cut you short. So we're going to start in Moravia. That's where Pete is. Pete, welcome to the Jethro's yeah. Barbecue Sound Off. Thank you, fellas. What's up? Fonda was from Moravia. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. We, yeah, we weren't too close then. Not not really close married, to Yarmouth. Though, so, yeah, yeah she, that's not her name anymore. So That's it? Yeah. All right. Name's Peters now. Pride of Moravia. Her name's... <laughs> Had to get that in, didn't he? he? Took a hook, line, and sinker. Man. Sally. Sally has a little bit more about Moravia. Hopefully, Hi, hopefully she represents her community a yeah. little better than Pete did. Hi, Sally. Hey, I'm you? from Moravia. Really? Good. I am. You know yes. Pete? I don't know Pete. Yeah, probably Sorry. would be sign. I do know Fonda, and I do know Molly. Molly Van Benthuysen. Played basketball with both of them. Really? Yeah. So you played, bas- you played basketball with both of them? I did. So- I'm five foot, and I could throw on the ball. <laughs> so you were, a fo- <laughs> you were a forward and not I a... I was a forward. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. We had great teams, but we never made it to state. You never made it to state? Not when we were playing, no. So what yeah. year? What years would that have been? Seventy-three. Fonda graduated. Um, Molly graduated in seventy-five. And of course, she was the first pro women's player here from Iowa. Oh, I did not Mo- know that. So oh, more yeah. Moravia trivia coming out. Absolutely. Molly Vamantizen played for the Iowa Cornets. Mm-hmm. The Cornets. Yep. I, I, why did I not know about the Iowa Cornets? Oh, you're missing out. Yeah. Where did? Where, okay, were they in Iowa City? Were they in Des Moines? Where were they at? I, I think they were out of. 
well, Des Moines. The coach was from Parsons College at the time. I can't think of his name right now. Where's, Spencer, I think. where's Parsons College? Parsons was in Fairfield, which is now Maharishi. Oh, so there we go. So Maharishi yeah. was a former, that campus was a former college campus. It was, yes. Mm-hmm. Explains why they were so good at basketball, all the levitation. Right. They could dunk it really well. <laughs> well, I did not know that. Thanks, Sally. That's good info. Yep. All okay. right. Thank you. Thank you. You never know what you're going to learn on Sound Off. It's amazing. <laughs> our, I love our, it. I, I mean, think about it. I, I like to think that I'm pretty up to date on my Iowa sports history. I, I really do. I never heard of the Iowa Cornets. Professional basketball team in the Women's Professional Basketball League from March 21st, 1978 through 1980. Played at Vets Auditorium. Also played one season at the Five Seasons Center over in Cedar Rapids. No. Had no idea. Did you have any idea? I'm, this is, thank God for Wikipedia, my friend. Wow. Had such uh, great teams as the Minnesota Phillies, the Houston Angels, the Chicago Hustle. Iowa Cornets, the WBL. Hey, just ahead of its time. Yeah, it really was. Just didn't get any NBA funding like the WNBA. Or that would be closed down, too. Uh, 284-1040. Let's go to Adele. That's where Kevin is. Kevin, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Quality control by a smart Alec. If I had just tuned in the show, I'd be wondering why the heck our second string punter was receiving kickoffs. Gersandi. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Travis, I didn't realize. Twice, Ross. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It, it was funny. During the break, I go, hey, Ross, are you sure you don't mean Grunewig? And I was like, yeah, that's what I said. He's like, no, you said Grisande. So, like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, right. that, yeah, so he, I, I told him during the break. I, but but Grisande is going to do great things, too. You watch. Well, whenever he gets a chance. Yeah, right. Right. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> that's See, our, our listeners get it. And we do mess names up. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, I could have been... The D-bag host, it went, well, Ross, you, you know. Should've. You should have. You should have. You wanted me to do that then? Well, you should go, Ross. Are you, you meaning to talk about the backup punter <laughs> returning kicks? But didn't I, during the break, go? Yeah. Just nicely, passive-aggressively. Hey, hey do you <laughs> realize you talking about the punter? Like, no, I wasn't, no. Grown <laughs> away. Yeah, 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 you said Grisande. Yeah, yeah, you were. Well, they both start with G. Yeah, that's true. How long till we got to go to the break there, Sean? About 15 seconds? I uh, know he says eight. Yeah. So, John, Jim, stay and hold. We still want to take your phone calls, 284-1040. We're here till 7 o'clock tonight. And as we've learned, uh, you never know what we're going to talk about. We learned about Parsons College, which is now Maharishi. We learned about the Iowa Cornets that I had no idea existed. Ross didn't have any idea existed. We're still trying to decide if it's Yarmuthians. Yes. Sure. She said it sounded good. Yeah. If it feels good, do it. Right? John's been on hold for 30 minutes. John, John I swear getting, to God, you're going to be, gonna be next. Your, yeah, you're going to be first up. It is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off and News Radio 1040 WHO. Fox News, I'm Joe Chiro. Freed American pastor Andrew Bronson met with President Trump at the White House today. We've been negotiating long and hard. And we do not pay ransom in this country, at least any longer. We won't pay ransom. 
Otherwise, you have big problems and lots of things will happen and lots of bad things will happen. Brunson was held in Turkey for two years on terrorism charges. President Trump hosts a political rally in Richmond, Kentucky tonight. The president tweeting about his imminent arrival here, quote, heading to the great state of Kentucky. Big rally for Congressman Andy Barr. Fantastic guy. Need his vote for MAGA. Strong on crime, tax cuts, military vets, and Second Amendment. Fox's Doug McElway. Thousands of people marched through downtown Chicago to protest President Trump and encourage people to vote in the midterms. This is Fox News. Your turn, Hawkeye fans. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by GNL Clothing and Schottenkirk Chevrolet. Stanley changing the call. Brady Ross is in at fullback. Mackay Sargent, the tail. If you tuned in late, Ivory Kelly Martin not here today. Stanley throws for the touchdown and caught by T.J. Hawkinson in the back of the end zone. What a catch by T.J. One of six touchdown passes by Nate Stanley today. Couple to T.J. Hawkinson. Not a bad day for the junior quarterback and junior tight end. Yeah. Say that's a quality game. Yeah. Ross and I have been intrigued during the break watching... Machine gun Molly Bolin from the Iowa Cornets. Uh, I, they've sunk their teeth into me with about the first four minutes of this piece, and now I got to find out everything I can about Machine Gun Molly. Let's go back to the phones at two eight four ten forty two eight four ten forty. We're going out to New Jersey. John, thanks for waiting on hold. Uh, you're always well worth it, and welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it, uh, Ross and Travis. Quick shout out. To uh, Johnny Chimpo in Iowa, Todd in Colorado, and my boy Sean Cody in Michigan as the Hawkeyes roll. Just wanted to get a shout out to fellow Hawk fans that are following me on Twitter that uh, look forward to my call. Man, it sounds like you got like uh, you, satellite organizations I mean, around the country here, John. John. My goodness. Hey, I'm taking notes from you and Travis, so trying to give you guys a run. For <laughs> yeah. All right. I uh, uh, just wanted to uh, say. Two quick facts to add on what I said last week. Iowa now, since the start of the 2015 season, is now 26-1 and when they score 25 or more points in a game. I think that's incredible. They are now 33-13 and since the start of the 2015 season. That's incredible. Man, that's a... So three wins for every one loss. If you would have told Hawkeye fans at the start of the 2015 season after Rudock transferred to, to Michigan, would you take that? I think we'd say in a heartbeat. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I also find it interesting that uh, our two leading receivers are now tight ends. Uh, would they now? I saw a graphic on ESPN that uh, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant are number one in receiving yards, touchdowns, and catches among tight end duos in the country. Uh, That has to speak a lot to Brian Ferentz, and I think that you're seeing uh, Iowa try to open up the offense. Uh, If we win a couple more games, I think you're going to be looking at the Wisconsin loss in the same way that we look at the 2002 ISU loss. Uh, what could have been. Um, I, I think that uh, there's still a lot out there that remains for the Hawkeyes uh, to capture. 
And I don't know about you. Uh, you're talking about Hoosiers, and the origin of that came out of a poem in 1803 in the Indianapolis Star. <laughs> uh, just letting you know that, if you want your knowledge. Yeah. This is Iowa nice stuff that we're talking now, about. Now, we want to know more about the yeah. Iowa Cornets. Actually. Yeah, we're really so into that. We're, we're in the Yarmouth, uh, like, wow, we're in the Yarmouth rabbit hole here. Name. I thought that that was a porn name, and it's actually a woman that played six-on-six basketball only in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people, yeah. I wouldn't do that to I, WHO. I've got too much respect, then, John. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, and for the person that pulled off that late uh, 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 Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater reference uh, for, a, for a station that had Ronald Reagan as its sports director, shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah, but they put uh, me on here. Uh, One last thing, fellas, and then I'll let you go. Uh, I think it is interesting that uh, Iowa fans are talking about uh, running up the score against Iowa and trying to possibly get Nate Stanley that seventh touchdown pass. In the words of Hayden Fry, you scratch where it itches, okay? In a PC culture, if you want to stop a scoring, when we hung double nickels on Ohio State, nobody was talking about running up the score, fellas. When it comes to lowly Indiana, oh, we got to be a little PC. If you want to stop it, get better defender. That's a good point. Okay, John, okay. love the None call, it. man. It's it, don't be soft. We're playing football, fellas. We Thanks, John. The game. Thanks, love John. hearing from you, buddy. Talk to you next week. You man. know, he, he he brings up uh, Hawkinson and Fan. I think um, I, I think TJ Hawkinson had some great insight. After the game, I don't know if everybody got a chance to hear um, his comments after the game, but I thought it was—it's something that I didn't think about, and I thought it was a brilliant question from—it was either from Ed or it was from from, um, from Dolph. But keep in mind that these guys also have an extra advantage. Who is their position coach? It's Brian Ferentz. Oh yes, right. So Hawkinson talked about not only having a tight end coach, but the offensive coordinator in the room at the same time and the kind of advantage that is. You know, we're able to uh, see not only, you know, what to do, but how to do it and being able to see the bigger picture of everything. You know, we see, we see the defense, um, you know, how it is and, and who's covering you before, you know, before the snaps even, you know, before the ball's even snapped. So it's nice to, to be able to use their leverage against them and, you know, uh, being able to uh, talk to Stanley about it and figure out what we're doing at the line. That's some pretty neat insight right there, right? That maybe explains a little bit of those conversations we were having earlier in the show about the how much the tight ends are utilized in this uh, compared to the wide receivers. Maybe that's maybe that's a key component of this that we had, hadn't mentioned. That's, that's a good good quote. Two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Clarenda. That's where Tim is. Tim, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio ten forty WHO. Yeah, how you guys doing today? Great, I'm great, Tim. What do you got, buddy? Hey, I just want to hear you guys kind of talk about, I think, something that's not really been talked about enough this year so far as uh, beginning of the year, there's a lot of question marks about our defensive tackles. And those guys, you know, they, they don't get the big sacks or nothing, but they've completely shut down that uh, interior of the uh, the offensive line now, and that's why nobody can run against us. Just like to hear your guys' thoughts about uh, how well the job that those guys have done, even though you know they're not getting the kudos usually in you know every week. Yeah, Tim, I think I, I, I agree with everything you're saying about that defensive front. It's fantastic. It's been amazing. I think I'd challenge your premise, though, that they were not expected to be good. I think at the beginning of the season, most people were looking at inexperienced linebackers and some questions at cornerback. Those seem to be like the 
uh, the worries or concerns about this defense. I, I don't remember. Maybe with the exception of that first game against Northern Illinois when you had Reef and was it Lattimore that was out? I hate to even say it. There were two of those guys up front that were defensive tackles were suspended for that first game. That was the yeah. only. That's the only time I can really remember any conversation but, or worry you, about that front. You're saying, but, but let, let me see if I'm dis- deciphering your phone call right, Tim. Are you saying because Nelson and Epinesa get more love than the defensive tackles? Okay. That's they're, they're being forgotten about, with the exception of the guys on the outside. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was you know, Reef was still a little bit of a question mark going into the year. Uh, Nelson wasn't a full-time defensive tackle. Uh, you know, Matt wasn't full-time defensive tackle last year, so there was a little bit of a question mark. You know, they knew they were solid. They didn't know about any kind of depth that we might have there. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you, we hear about the DNs every week, but those D tackles have absolutely locked down that middle, and that's what allows those DNs to pin their ears back and go at the quarterback. That's that's a really good take on that, uh, Tim. And I think maybe a little bit like that when we were talking about Fanton Hawkinson. If Noah Fant isn't out there, T.J. Hawkinson's getting a lot more attention. If those defensive tackles aren't as dangerous as they are, those defensive ends are going to be getting a lot more attention. And and I mean by offenses. I think that's a good point. And whether it's fair or not, Tim, you got to remember, there's such a disruption, but it's allowing other guys. We saw it with Parker Hesse today. Anthony Nelson was mentioned several times. It makes other guys allow them to make plays, and the truth is, at the end of the day, you talk about the guys who made the plays. Sometimes when you're you're invisible and you don't get to see what really goes on in the trenches and, and appreciate that disruption, you don't get talked about a lot. I, I mean, oh, yeah. that's that's a good that's a good point by you. A little bit of like a Dick Budkiss mentality yeah. here. Remember when when Budkiss yeah. in his Hall of Fame speech, whatever later on talked about how listen, the only reason I was an NFL player and the only reason I got so many tackles is because I had ten guys funneling offenses to me. So you you've got to have the whole unit working in, uh, together in order to get those uh, those special performances. Those three defensive ends that you just mentioned, Travis, these kids have been fantastic yeah. this year. And I think that to Tim's point, it probably gives they, a lot of that credit has to go back to those interior guys, those defensive tackles that have been such a disruption. Two Thanks, eight, Tim. Two eight four ten forty. Doug, Chris, Todd, stay on hold. Iowa wins today, forty two sixteen over the Hoosiers of Indiana. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off on News Radio ten forty WHO. Hawkeye fans, this is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Sponsored by JLM Gun Shop and Grinnell Mutual Reinsurance Company. Here comes Indiana first to 10. Oh, and a bobbled snap from center to Ramsey results in a sack by the ultra-quick Parker Hesse. Welcome back to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. I'm Travis Justice. He's Ross Peterson. We're here till 7 o'clock tonight. We are talking about an Iowa victory over the Indiana Hoosiers. The Hawkeyes improved to five and one on the season, two and one in the Big Ten. Two eight four ten forty two eight four ten forty. Let's go to Chris. You kind of pause here. Did you question the number for a moment. I did just momentarily, just a quick relapse. Worried about you in there. Sorry about that. Uh, Chris wants to talk about Moravia and Chris. I don't know if you're going to bring up Molly Boland, but Ross and I during the break have been watching this long-form news story on her, and we're fascinated. I thought I knew a lot about girls' six-on-six basketball, and I thought I knew a lot about just the history of Iowa sports, and I've I've learned a ton here in the last 10 minutes. 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? He was uh, one of the most prolific scorers, if not the most prolific in uh, women's basketball. Yeah, coming from the little town of Marine the heart of southern Iowa. Just a just a great, great story. Molly Bowen. She's not around there anymore, right? She actually, no, she's not. She, uh, she actually came back a few years ago. We uh, inducted her into our high school Hall of Fame. She came back for that honor, and I believe maybe she lives out in the, on the West Coast now. Yep. All right, cool. You got anything? That, 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 that a little secret. Uh, also, one of her, uh, the guy that came from Iowa was the, uh, from the radio was the 1982 uh, defensive uh, MVP for the Peach Bowl, Clay Ulevate. Played D-line for the Hawkeyes. There you go. Chris, yeah. appreciate the call. Man, do you have something you wanted to share with the Hawkeyes, or you just wanted to, uh, to uh, brag on your town a little bit, which is fine? I'm on my town a little bit, but also a great game of the Hawkeyes. I've got a chance to watch all day, so it was a good win. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, appreciate Chris. it. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. You know, people always brag on their hometowns, won't they? Always. Absolutely. Especially when you're from a small town. I mean, you're from the east side of Des Moines, so there's not a lot to brag on there. Well, but more specifically, I'm from Pleasant Hill. Scott yeah. Alverson, baby. <laughs> 284. We can all do 1040. it. 1040. Uh, let's go to Doug in Des Moines. Doug, welcome to the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Welcome. I got uh, my Molly Bowling stories, and I've got, uh, I got some stories that relate to uh, Iowa football. All right, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, I had the pleasure of trying to work on an MBA at Drake, and while at, at Drake working on an MBA, I was a grad assistant, and my job at Drake University was the woman's athletic trainer. And our basketball coach would schedule practices and scrimmages, actually with the Iowa Cornets, to help the uh, ball club uh, get a little tougher, and of course that was run by they were ran by George Nissen of Nissen Gymnastics out of Cedar Rapids, and they split their games between the Vets Auditorium and the Five Seasons Center. And Rob Lean, the Ankeny uh, real estate developer, later, later became involved in it. When the Cornets folded, Molly ended up playing for an outfit in Omaha called the Omaha Wranglers. Yeah, that's how it relates to me and my knowledge of Molly Lean having taped her ankles before. Uh, you know, she won a three-point shoot-off contest with Larry Bird on The Tonight Show. Are you serious? Serious. Yeah, she she outshot Larry Bird on a three-point show, uh, shootout. And, of course, this is when Carson ran it, and they were still in New York City. So she beat Bird in a three-point shooting workout. Now, my connection enters in because our basketball coach, during the summer months, had all of her kids around her. And every Tuesday and Thursday, we'd get in the old Drake Fieldhouse, and she'd scrimmage. And we had players like Jan Crager, a four-year starter that came from Winfield Mount Union, this Iowa. This is crazy. And that has, that has bearing on my Drake ties as I go further. Well, and, uh, Doug, hold, hold on. Yeah, we do. We are we are supposed to be talking Hawkeye football here today. We, we are. We will relate to Hawkeye. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let him come around. Well, I'm gonna let you do this. We'll <laughs> and, dance with you. And we would have people working out with us, like Machine Gun Molly Bolin. I'd play basketball with her. We'd have a guy named Wayne Crecklow that had a two-year no-cut contract with the Boston Celtics. They got his World Championship ring. And we had Barb Crager, a four-year starter in Indiana, that would would come in as walk-ons. And right. I, myself, having had the first basketball theory class taught by a guy named Robert Montgomery Knight, the only thing I could do was pass and cut and run screens because I definitely had the shooters. But what is noteworthy, a couple of years ago, the Hawkeyes had two tight ends. I called the cousin offense when they would go double tight ends. 
because this Jan Krager, the four-year starter, married a guy named Kittle. Damn. He had a tight end played George Kittle that could have stayed at home and played football at Oklahoma because his daddy, Mr. Kittle, was on Bobby Stoops' staff at Oklahoma. Instead, he came to play at Iowa with his other cousin, a guy named Harry Henry, uh, no, Henry Krieger Cobble, which was Grand Krieger's sister, and and (laughs) Jan played softball on the Drake softball team. And a couple Uh, years ago, I heard heard, uh, uh, Dolph talking about how good uh, third baseman Krager was, and, and Henry Krager Cobble was, and, and it was interesting because his mom was a uh, four-year starter at third base for Drake's uh, softball team, and his daddy was a starter with the Drake football team. But I think the part of the reason he was there is because their third cousin was also in the uh, area because his mommy was also a cousin. I remember meeting him at Drake basketball games when he was probably in fifth grade or so. Who's that? And the third cousin that completes the fake home plate was a guy named, of, uh, yeah, Settles. That's it. If you, Doug, Doug thanks, you've Doug. made our day. You, you want to know why this is God's favorite radio show? <laughs> How much have we learned today, Ross? I have a page full of notes. I, I have I have I have a page full of notes about stuff from today, but about just the show, yeah, just the show. Well, I'm, no, the stuff we've learned from this show. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. That's that was so awesome. Todd calling in from Ames. What's up, Todd? How are you, sir? Hey, I just I just thought about. Uh oh. I Oh, Todd, uh, Todd, Todd you're cutting out. Yeah, hold on, Todd. Todd. Hold on. Let's, let's, we'll put you on hold. Let's try to get through one other call, and then we'll come back to you and see if that works yeah, out for us. because your reception's horrible. Yeah, but Jim is up next calling from Des Moines. What's up, hey, Jim? Hey, Travis, Justice House, Nebraska doing this year. You picked them to win them all this year. No, I, I did not. Yes, you are. Don't you live in Nebraska, Travis? I do, Jim. <laughs> Does that mean you're... Well, don't you live in Nebraska, Travis Justice? And I'm from Marksdale. We could have won 85, but... Ross Peterson, East Charlotte, cheated on the baseball field. They brought their own umpires from Des Moines. Wow. Wow. Is I, that, I, wait I, a minute. What is happening on wait a minute. this show today? Is that true? What's that? Do you live in Nebraska? I do. Can you, you believe Homer? that? Can you believe that? Well, then, and everybody who lives in Nebraska had Nebraska going 12-0 and 0 this year. That's don't right. you do a Nebraska podcast? Uh, you know, I, why do I do that Nebraska podcast? Because I get paid to money, do it. Money, 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 <laughs> money! And if anybody listens to it, they know how I talk about the Hawkeyes on a, on a regular basis, and it becomes an ongoing joke. Um... But yeah, so if people don't know, I, I commute to do this show with Ross. I thought we'd tackled this several times. I like, don't know if we have. So or Travis, not. here's I'll just tell you what I know about Travis because he does live in Omaha. He has covered Nebraska football for about thirty years. Twenty, and he hates Nebraska football. <laughs> <laughs> they, these are the things I know about my dude here in the studio with me. They used to call you Hawkeye Traff. In the Nebraska press box, they called me Hawkeye Traff. Because Traff. you were the guy, when Nebraska's winning national titles and I was winning seven games a year. I would go down and go, where's the Iowa score on the board? You would demand the Iowa yes. updates on yes. the game. So that's a little bit of an insight into why Travis is sitting here right now rather than schlepping around and, and Nebraska And to be fair, if still. you don't know the rest of my head, I grew up in Minden, Iowa. I went to Grandview University. 
Uh, I worked at Channel 8 for a little bit. Then I just ended up back on that side of the river. I want, You know, we should move back because my son wanted to go to Iowa, right? Because we live literally two miles from the river. They were going to charge him out-of-state tuition. So what's he do? He goes to Kansas instead. Makes sense. <laughs> WHO, Des Moines. And iHeart Radio Station. And on your HD radio, KDRB HD2. News Radio 1040, WHO. Defending arms sales to Saudi Arabia, I'm Roger Stern, Fox News. President Trump today defending his desire to continue selling arms to Saudi Arabia, even though Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi disappeared after ending the, entering the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, and he is feared dead. Well, there are many other things we could do, but when we take away $110 billion of purchases from our country, that hurts our workers. That hurts our factories, that hurts all of our companies. You know, you're talking about 500,000 jobs. Republicans and Democrats in Congress are calling on the president to suspend the arms sales. Earlier, President Trump hosted American pastor Andrew Brunson in the Oval Office. The president-